Check. So they told me this is the mic. Is this the right? All right. Amen. Amen. First of all, I want to say, um, I want to thank Pastor Chris and the elders for giving me an opportunity to address the fathers as well as the congregation on Father's Day. Uh, I am truly blessed um, by a strong tower Bible church. Uh, my wife and my family, my beautiful wife, Tamika, in the front here, my three kids, Christopher, Deanna, and Isaiah. We became members of Strong Tower, I think, back in October. But prior to that, we had come into the church for about a year and a half. And I've come from a traditionally black church. And so to see the diversity in the church was just amazing to me. And I began to think about that and say, Lord, you are allowing me to savor the kingdom, what heaven truly looks like. And I consider that a true blessing. So I think we're all blessed that we're here together, worshiping together. As we heard, um, I believe Elder Tyler said that Sunday is probably one of the most segregated times in America. We are here together, united as one. So that's a blessing. So I have been tasked with bringing a message for Father's Day. And I just want to say to the camera folks, um, because I've been in a traditionally black church, they like to walk when they preach or they give a message. But I've learned from Pastor Chris' example that I could stand right here and speak very clearly uh, and deliver a, a good message. I would also like to say that if you were expecting to leave church early, today would be that day. <laughs> This would not be a long message. Amen. I do not believe in being long-winded. I take after my, my master's example. They say that when he went into this, uh, the synagogue, he said about four or five lines, and he just sat down. I guess that's enough for me. It's a good enough example. But I want to talk a little bit of, before I even get started. You know, this morning was an interesting morning, and, and I do appreciate I was telling my wife this this morning. Um, I have some friends that I've been good friends with since high school and college, and um, about 10, 12 guys, which is an awful lot of guys. As you, if you think about it, for most men, that's a lot of guys that have as friends, especially for that long period of time. And um, I guess about 7 o'clock, my, my, my phone started to go off with the text messages about Happy Father's Day. And I don't mind that. That's perfectly fine. I'm, I'm up early usually, but today, for whatever reason, I felt like I wanted to sleep in a little longer. So I get a message, and it's a chain message. And so one comes in. Okay, great. The next comes in. Okay, great. Now two guys want to have a conversation because they haven't seen each other in three years. They're going back and forth, and I was like, Lord, just let me get some more sleep. And that song came to my mind, break every chain. I was like, Lord, break the chain, break the chain, break the chain. <laughs> Please, Lord, break the chain. Oh, my God. But I like that video that we had up here. Um, I think that that's a great video to talk about fathers. You know, as I looked at that video, I was thinking a few things, and maybe you thought the same thing. The father is a rock. You know, that, that father is a, should be a rock in the home. Um, he's an encourager, right? Um, definitely a teacher. He's definitely qualified to be a teacher. And he's a, a shoulder to lean on. 
But when I think about Father's Day, and as I go through my notes, which I very seldomly do, you know, I say Father's Day is a time uh, to honor the man or men of our lives that have shaped, molded, mentored, loved, guided us, and, to gu- and have guided us to who we are today. It's a day that wives and children celebrate dad for being Mr. Wonderful. Well, at least I hope my family feels that way about me. But as you know what, it's also a day that, that most men add to their collection. And what I'm about to say, shake your head, fellas, and nod your heads if you agree. You add to your collection of keychains, number one dad t-shirts, mugs, um, uh, photo albums, PowerPoints. <laughs> That's the inside joke. <laughs> My daughter, every occasion, she find a way to make a PowerPoint to celebrate the occasion. So that's the that's the inside joke. But it's such an honor to be a father, and I can't think of a more honorable position or responsibility as a man. And speaking of myself, being a father is the singular most important thing I've ever wanted to be in my life. A good husband and a good father. And when I think about that, I think that goes right in line with what Pastor Chris has been teaching from the book of Titus when he started in the very first chapter about being a good leader. Because I see a father as being a good leader. Can you put the slide up for me? So as we learned about being an elder in the church, we learned that an elder should be blameless, and these are all areas of his life that he should be blameless in. And this is, applies to a leader in the church. He should be blameless in his marriage. He should be blameless in his parenting, in his attitude, in his actions, in his doctrine, and in his ministry. And as I looked at that, I said, wow, that is the character of a good father and a husband. So many of us may not be leaders in the church. We may not feel that we're called to be leaders in the church, but we are leaders. We are leaders in our homes. And as I think about that that slide that said blameless, I often think that, you know, it's fine for my friends and my coworkers or colleagues to feel like they they can't lay a charge or people in the world can't lay a charge to me because I am blameless, but how about those in my home? I got four witnesses here that will say, no brother, I'm sorry. You might sometimes, but you're not consistent in one of those areas. And so as I strive to be a good father and better husband, those are the things that I look at as far as self-examination. And so today I'm asking the men, as we celebrate you, and we give honor to you today. Take the time today to examine yourself. Examine your heart. Ask yourself, what kind of leader am I in my home? Because I believe that there's two type of leaders in a home. Now, I don't want any wives or children to say amen or raise your hands. But I think there's two type of leaders. One, there's a tyrant leader. Two, or the second kind of leader, is a servant leader. And a tyrant leader is one that keeps his household in a chokehold. When I say that, that's oppressive. That's a, that's a leader that, that leads by way of his authority. 
his position as a man. But a servant leader is one that leads with grace and humility and lowliness. He's still that strength that you can look to and all those great things that a father is, but he doesn't make you feel bound or oppressed. But he is in there with you, like we saw that dad in that video. He's in there with you. He's in there with mom. He's in there with the, with the children. That's the type of leader I want to be. So today I call this message, Call to be a servant leader. Because every man has that responsibility. Every father has that responsibility. And when I look at that, I say, who is our ultimate example of being a servant leader? Who? Jesus. He is our ultimate example in all things. So turn with me in your Bible. We're going to read one verse of scripture. I told you I'm about done. I won't be long. I just want to remind the men. Just remind us of, of who we are and our character should be. Turn with me, if you will, to Philippians chapter 2. And I'm going to read these three verses of script. The word of God reads, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Amen. Who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he did something. It says, but he made of himself no reputation at all. And sometimes as a father, you may not get any recognition for all the work that you do as a man. But nevertheless, the Lord being our example, he didn't look for any recognition. He just did what he did, just like we just do what we do as fathers. It says, but he made himself no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant, uh-oh, and coming in the likeness of men. It says, and being found in appearance as a man, he did what? Say what? He humbled himself. And became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Men, I want to encourage you today. I just feel so encouraged by the Lord and his example. Because here we have the Lord of heaven. Step out of glory. In all his splendor. In all his wonder and majesty. And he become a bond servant. See, he, his, in his proper place, he sit in a high place of authority, just like a man does in his house. Not to lord over his house, but it says that he humbled himself all the way down. And Lord, don't I know, if you have a wife like I have a wife, there's going to be some days you got to humble yourself all the way down, all the way down. But it's a good thing. Because how, how many of you know those wives keep you walking in Jesus' ministry? Whoo. That is real. <laughs> that is real. And it says, he willingly was obedient even to death. 
See, there's some things about our character oftentimes that need to die for the servant to come forward. You know, I look at, again, Jesus being our example in all things, and I look at his mindset was to serve. You know, he made it perfectly clear in Matthew. If you look at Matthew, don't turn, but just go back and look it up. In Matthew chapter 20 and verse 28, he said, he said it perfectly clear. He said, the son of man did not come to be served, but to do what? To serve. And I look at that sometimes and I was like, Lord, forgive me. Because my wife oftentimes beat me at that. She oftentimes remind me of what a true servant should be in the home. And I have to say, you know, sometimes we can get comfortable. I like my plate brought to me and I like my pillow fluffed and, and all those great things. But truly, God has called me to lead my home. You know, I've heard it said that, that um, a man's or a father's first ministry is at home. Have you heard that before? So how well do I rule my house? How well do I serve and minister? See, a minister is one who gives aid or service to. So am I servicing or serving my family? And I think about the things in my own life that have hindered me in that area. You know, oftentimes it's just how I see myself. Well, that's not for me to do. I shouldn't have to do that. Or I've done, I've worked hard, so that's somebody else's responsibility to do. And the more I have that, I've had that mind, I hear the Lord saying, serve your family. I could recall, um, even as recent as a month ago, you know, I've called myself going into prayer. And how many know that when you go down to pray, if something's not right, God will reveal it. He said he would. He'll reveal it to you first. He said if there's any other mind in you, he's going to tell you. So I'm going down to pray and, you know, Lord, oh, I want to pray for my family and I want to pray for this and I want to pray for that. And in that still voice, all I hear is serve. Serve your family. And I'm like, I'm saying to myself, Lord, what do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah. But truly in my heart, I know what he was talking about. You see, the thing that he's calling for, service for, he's calling for whatever that thing that annoys you, annoys you the most at home, that thing you feel like you shouldn't have to do, that thing that you feel like because of who you are, you don't need to do that. That's the thing he's saying give to him. That's the thing he's saying for you to serve. See, I could say that maybe it's cook dinner or wash clothes or keep the kids, but that would be too simple because I think all of us as men have something that we know that the Lord is saying for me to do. But again, the hindrance, my own mind is telling me, no, I don't want to do that. I don't feel I should do that. And I could tell you that, again, I, I could keep talking about my wife because my wife is probably one of the realest persons I know. She will let me know, and this is her thing, I told you once, I told you twice, okay. That means I'm going to have to take drastic measures 
if I have to come again. <laughs> Whoo, boy. I tell you, baby, you bothering more than just the kids at times. Ooh, thank you. But being a servant is more, it's not about the ability, because I think sometimes we look at the God's gift and with the ability that I have. But I see servants, being a servant is more of a the attitude of the heart. Because just like Jesus, his mindset was he was going to serve. If you look at his example of what he did with those disciples, he should have been the one getting his feet washed. But yet he led by example. And again, my goal, and as I hear these messages come forward through Pastor Chris, my goal is to be blameless. I want to walk that walk. And I see Jesus as my example in every area, in every way. So I want to be more like him. And when he point out things and have me identify where the issue is, because I can only be as great as I'm going to be in my home. Because in my home, that's the real me. I may come to church and sing and be all things and praise, but when I'm at home, you see the real man. You see his ugliness. You see his shortfalls. You see his weaknesses. But above all things, I know that there's hope. So this message is more about encouragement. It's, it may not seem that way. It may seem it's a twisted way of encouraging men on Father's Day. Man, you should be talking about how great we are. You should be telling us all the good stuff we do. But the encouragement is this. Because I know that there are some men that are in here that are walking blameless in their homes, in their marriage, in their parenting. And the scripture said for us to mark the blameless man for his future shall be of peace. So there are some blameless men in here. And I'm saying the same thing that Elder Tyler said. Stand up. We want to see you. I need you. I need to see your walk. I need you to be in my life and be a part of my life. I need to cleave to you so that I can learn and I can see Christ in the flesh. And if you're not there, if, if you're not walking in that, the encouragement is this, that if you can find yourself in the word, even in your shortfall, even in your shortcoming, there's hope. Because you see, the word is our hope. The word of God is our strength. It is our all in all. So be encouraged. Not only do you have the word, but you have living examples. And I would challenge all of the fathers and all of the men that would say, you know what? I don't see myself in that area. Seek out the men in this church that are walking in this area. Open up yourself. Be vulnerable. Open up your heart. Share and allow the Lord to work through them in you. Amen. Amen. I'm just about done. I told you I wouldn't be too long. I'm, I'm just about done. In closing, again, I want to say, be encouraged. Be encouraged. Be encouraged to know that the Lord sees you. And I believe in this house, there's some great men that are being raised up in this house. Paul said he was made a minister by the effectual working of the Holy Ghost. And God is working in this house. And I see some men that are going to come forward.
And they're going to be great leaders, even as what our pastor has been teaching us and, te- and telling us about leaders and what the requirement or the character is. But there are great men that are in this house, and they're going to come forward, even as the Lord has called them to. And there are men who may be on the fence, they may be struggling in whatever area that you, that you are with your family or with your wife or with your children. And again, I encourage you to seek out the men to give you help and give you strength. Amen? Be encouraged and God bless.